Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and today we've actually got some people at the table. We're doing kind of a... uh, Kind of a mixed together group here. Hmm. We got Jigsaw Jody on the other side of the internet. We got Steady Steve and Maniac Mike joining us in person. So uh, definitely makes for an interesting way. Uh, you may hear just a slight echo uh, on the end of Jigsaw Jody, but he's uh, got a good enough opinions to want to hear twice anyway. So <laughs> uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Yeah. Hey. You're getting fined because you're here. I'm only here so I don't get fined. So we're so this is the NFL mini camp, is what it is. I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> well, great. Good times, I, man. I'm I'm already ready to check out with me. Uh, right? Well, today I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> today, we are covering musicals, and um, we got. The two people, it's going to be almost like a versus episode. I don't i don't think Jody will appreciate that in those terms. Yeah. And Mike, what do you got to think about musicals? But, uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, I, think, I think there's that. And, Some uh, of us are excited at least. But before we get into that, Steady Steve, what have you been watching? Well, it's obviously been a long time since I've been uh, off of or on this podcast. Thanks for inviting me, by the way, uh, for for the review of uh, the musicals. But either way, uh, I'll only really talk about a couple of films. Uh, so I got uh, I watched Cowgirls versus Pterodactyls. Mike is not going to forgive me for it. I'm not going to talk about it here because I'm pretty sure that'll come up on an action cast real soon. Yeah. Uh, David agrees apparently. Uh, I watched uh, following uh, Mike's. Uh, Viewing of Sudden Death, the excellent Van Damme film. I I did watch that. That's a forgotten film, I think, in a lot of ways. It's it's one of his best. It it really is. is. And it's it's such a unique story. And with the hockey season, I saw it on one of the streaming services, Netflix probably, but I don't remember. And I honestly don't have that film, which I've got the movie poster, but I don't have the film. So I need to get a copy of the film. But it's I think what's really unique about that one is how much actual hockey has Mm -hmm. played during that and they actually are using it's not a live game although there's there's scenes that are i think they take it from live games but it's not a real game supposed to be game seven of the finals but either way so you get to see some uh, like luke Luke robotize and there's quite a few players that that are acknowledged in the film which i thought was really pretty unique pretty neat film for a sports film you're not going to see it on the best sports film list anywhere but for action fans this is a pretty neat film and uh, powers booth is a total yeah uh crumb head he's he's a meanie head it's mrs oh, now tom say. don't be like that <laughs> yeah well, he's a nut he's awesome in that movie though yeah he is he is and it's a good film so if you haven't seen that uh it's available on one of either netflix or, or prime i can't remember which uh, you probably can find it at on Amazon to buy too. I need to get a copy of that film. Anyway, it's a good one. And I've spent most of my most of my waking hours in the last few weeks, uh, movie watching wise, catching up with the Star Wars saga. Uh, I I've always been hard on the prequels, um, and for that matter, I've been hard on just about every one of the Star Wars films, with the exception of Rogue One and the original three. So uh, I decided to watch them in chronological order. And I'm going to admit that I was wrong on the prequels. Um, the first one is not very good. 
It's it's still not. It's got way too much Jar Jar Binks. The second one is a little better because it's got less Jar Jar Binks. And uh, the third one's actually a fairly decent film. So uh, I'll, I'll apologize to the haters because I used to completely dismiss those films. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that's not a bad film, especially watched in, the, in its chronological order. But I still have to say that the... Uh, that of the non-original three films, the best film by far, I think, is the is Rogue One. That's just a great standalone Rogue film. Rogue One is good. So, uh, and probably the next worst one is actually Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it's wow, that film was it's pretty rough. Not very good in the end. I, I mean, it's a solid six at best. I give it a five, which tied for my updated score on the Phantom Menace. I think I give it a five. At least it tried to do something and told a coherent story. Basically, the only point of watching The Rise of Skywalker is it looks great. It's a really neat film that's got a lot of cool visuals to it. And after that, I really can't tell you what story it was. So, uh, oddly, I think, David, I think you noticed it. I I was halfway through that film before and finally went to log it or check to see if I've actually watched this film. Because I couldn't remember any of it. And in my review from when I watched it before, I actually said I will forget this film existed <laughs> in a year. And That's it's been about funny. five years, and I forgot that it existed. I, and by the end of the film, I remembered some of the climactic scenes, and that was it. You know, just it's just a bad, <laughs> bad way to tell stories. So either way, I watched In the Heights with uh, David... And uh, I'm currently going through uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's basically like watching a miniseries. Uh, so, uh, but I haven't completed it yet. I, I hate to I hate to say it, but it is one actually. If you can sit down and, and give the full attention to the four hours, it's worth sitting through it. Yeah, I, I just had to stop it. I need to get back you. to it. And uh, you know, it's but yeah, it, it's actually I will say, which I was not very high on this film when it came out. Uh, frankly, I hated it. At least this time. <laughs> it's making sense. I mean, you know, the storyline makes a little bit of sense here. So um, I'm going to say my, you know, of course, I'll say my review. I'm only actually two hours into it. Um, so uh, I'll talk What do you think of Army of the Dead? You haven't given your opinion on that. Uh, okay, so Army of the Dead was the Batista film, and uh, it's actually a fairly decent film. I gave it a seven. Good. I mean, it's not something I'm probably going to go back and watch again, but uh, it was a lot of fun, and Batista's great in it, and uh, it's it does some different and inventive stuff with the zombies, which I can appreciate. It didn't tow the, you know, the zombie corporate line, I guess. All right. So, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for that recommendation. It's a little too violent for me. I mean, the, the new scene in the beginning of it's pointless, but can be easily skipped. At least there's that. You don't have to watch it. And um, Wait, that's a musical number. Does that count as a musical? No, it does not. Um, so have you watched any... Do you have any input? Wait, I thought you've been saying stuff. Maniac Mike, you have broken your vow of silence, and now you're on the hook. So what have you been watching? Um, well, I'll go back to last Sunday. I watched uh, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, and it's good. I uh, had a good time. Me and the wife sat down and watched this. Um, I will say it's probably the least scary of the three movies. Um, and I don't really want to compare them too much. But since they are part of the same set, they, they will get compared. And... The, uh, the the acting by uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson is on point. Uh, and I think the bond between the two is stronger than it has ever been in this film. Um, I give it a 7 out of 10. Um, it's, a good, it's a good movie. It's a good time. I, I think that uh, this is kind of a good introductory horror movie for uh, for especially younger kids especially this one I think this is this one's more for even the younger crowd than the first two um, the first two was the first one was pretty scary yeah right. it is it but it's, it's a clean movie it was that you know it and even the second one is very scary I, I actually think the second one's scarier than the first yeah um, in a lot of ways I think so you know and it's still a clean movie and this one's the same way it's very clean there's very little violence very little gore uh, very little language and uh, I just think the story is a little bit weaker in this one so 
I give it a seven out of ten. I do intend to go see it. I watched rewatched the original Conjuring this week. I didn't bring it up, but I did watch it, and uh, I, I have not watched that on HBO Max because I want to go back and see the Conjuring too. You know, try, try to see uh, them. One and both. Well, actually, uh, I then went back and rewatched the Conjuring one. It is on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, that movie's a 10 out of 10. Uh, I agree. It's, uh, well, I think I give it a 9, but uh, it's, it's about as close as you can get. Yeah, it, it's another masterpiece by James Wan. And uh, you'll see there's a little bit of a trend here in the, my next few movies. Um, but The Conjuring 1, 2013, it's 10 out of 10. Uh, it's must-see. Uh, if you're a horror fan, if you're a, a mainstream movie fan, uh, that one does cover all the bases. Uh, then The Conjuring 2, I watched that as well. It's also on Netflix. Uh, that's 10 out of 10 as well. Um, this one's a little bit more focused probably towards the horror fan than like the mainstream movie fan, but that shouldn't take anything away from the movie because the movie is still amazing. Um, and I, I do think that this one's probably scarier than the first one. Man, the, that, that crooked leg man gets me every freaking time. And now it's even worse because I know that it's a real person doing that and it's not CGI. Um, it's CGI aided, but it's a real person actually doing those movements, and that's a, that's a real. Uh, anyways, uh, it's a ten out of ten. Um, then Joe Bob screened 1981's Evil Speak yeah. on Friday night, and this is a movie I've wanted to watch for a long time, but the Blu-ray super expensive. I couldn't find it really streaming anywhere, um, and I wasn't disappointed. This movie, yeah, it's kind of goofy and stupid, but. Um, it really does tie in with like the technology of the time to make a pretty compelling, you know, uh, kind of devil made me do it movie. Uh, the, you know, I, I can see why the uh, the hate was coming in the '80s and '90s for Satanism stealing our kids. Um, you know, because this one takes you know the traditional old book of the dead, but then it puts it on a computer in this one. Uh, and I, I thought that was kind of a cool crossover. So uh, it, it's very entertaining. It, it's kind of silly in most parts. Uh, it takes place at a, uh, a uh, army academy, I think it is. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, it's like a college, like a like an army college yeah. type deal. And, That's cool. Uh, I give it maybe, a seven out of ten. Maybe what it is. Uh, very good time. Uh, this one is only for horror fans. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, right. It, it is a good time. Uh, has some oh, great practical great. effects at the end too. Uh, the dude flying through the church with a sword, beheading people. So um, yeah, I, I love this movie. Actually, I'm a I'm a big Evil Speak fan. Yeah. And sorry, that's spoilers for a uh, 40 year old movie. But uh, anyways, the next movie I watched uh, was uh, I went back and watched uh, the 2010 Insidious. Uh, James Wan directed this as well. And this is another great, like, it, it is almost an introduction to horror film. Um, it's clean again. It's, you know, got a family in it, and it deals with a haunting again. And But it's got some great scenes, some great shots, some great writing, uh, and some great scares. Uh, I give Insidious an 8 out of 10. Uh, that is a must-watch film. And then uh, the last movie I'll talk about is Wonder Woman 1984. I caught up with that. Uh, it hit HBO Max again. So I gave that a watch. I was pleasantly surprised. There were some people that kind of pooped on this movie. And I understand why. It is long. Um, and it does retread some of the first movie with like the fish out of water tale. But I kind of enjoyed how it was a different character was the fish out of water. You know, in the first one, Chris Pine was like the, the you know, the mentor well, in the second one, Chris Pine is the fish out of water, and Wonder Woman is the mentor. So I kind of enjoyed that, how it kind of flipped it on its head. But Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord in this film is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, great acting. Uh, he was hilarious, but he was also pretty scary in some scenes, too, because of the lengths that he was willing to go. Um, like he, he wasn't scary, scare you in the middle of the night. It was scary at the lengths he was willing to go to get some of this stuff done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I really enjoyed the movie. The visuals are great. It has uh, some great scenes, uh, some fireworks scenes in it, and the mid-credit scene uh, is amazing as yeah, well. It's pretty rad. I agree. And uh, so I, I give Wonder Woman 1984 an eight out of ten. Uh, it, it has a little bit of a unique ending compared to a lot of other superhero movies, which I also enjoyed. Yeah. And um, I, I say it's, it's solid. It's definitely worth a watch. 
had um, Alvin Kamara not come around and ruined my Christmas day, um, this really would have been a great highlight on Christmas. This and you got to let that go. I, I can't. You you got to let you got to let him and and your other haunting no, no, go. Don't talk about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, so. you got to let them go. <laughs> and, and if anybody's wondering what I was referencing to, uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Just look up Marshawn Lynch's Super Bowl interviews. Um, he pretty much says that for like 20 minutes straight. He's awesome. Uh, he's, a, he's an idiot. No, he's actually no, really like cool. He's Lynch. a really good dude. Uh, I think <laughs> Come on, man. You signed a contract. Answer a few questions and then get off the stage. Hey, he doesn't like media because – well, the, he doesn't like being made fun of by the media because he's – and he admits He talks a little different. Yeah, he talks know. a little different. He's not the smartest guy in the world. The media kind of took some shots at him for that. Uh, you know, and I, I can understand why he took it personally. So he just stood up there, and he did his job. He answered every question. Did he not? He did. And the yeah. NFL still tried to find him. So I, I don't blame him. I'd find him too. I'm going to go back to my vow of silence, and I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> All right, we're so, done, so we're so done with Maniac Mike. I guess he's <laughs> not going to introduce our next guest. Jigsaw yeah. Jody, what have you been watching? There we go. Thank you. First, I watched Maniac Cop. <laughs> Then I watch Maniac Cop 2. Then I watch Maniac Cop 3. The Badge of Silence. That's the awesome. The two are awesome, and the third one sucks. Yeah, the third one's rough. So you had to finish the trilogy after he showed them? I did. Uh, I do want to bring up that um, that was that was pretty nice, Jody. Um <laughs> You, you almost know. made me do a spit take. <laughs> uh, then I, on some TV, I watched uh, Love Simon. Well, that's the movie, and then I rewatched Love Victor season one to get ready for season two, which dropped on Friday. And the first episode of Loki, which is awesome sauce. And then <laughs> lastly, I wrapped up with a second viewing of In the Heights. Ooh, all right. Um, how how is Love Victor? I haven't seen it yet. I like the movie Love Simon, but I don't usually uh, watch TV season shows. One is awesome. I haven't watched season two yet. I'm dying to, but it'll. I'm gonna watch in a couple weeks. All right, fair Love enough. Simon's a solid movie. Yeah, I liked that movie a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, good deal. And that's all you've been watching. That's all I've been watching. All right. Well, I'm gonna start off um, where I think I left off the last time. <laughs> I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead. On HBO Max, um, I actually didn't like this as much as I hoped I would, uh, given it's directed by Taylor Sheridan, who did Wind River and wrote a lot of great things like Hell or High Water. I expected the top notch from this one, especially since Wind River was great. This is throwaway 2000s, typical Angelina Jolie-led film. I really didn't care much for it. Um, I was disappointed in that entry. It's not horrible. It'll probably please the crowd who sits there and through their you know phone or tablet through the entire movie type deal, but that's about as far as it's going to go for enjoyment for people, I think. Um, I Am All Girls, I watched on Netflix. This one was an interesting movie uh, with a very dark subject matter. The movie's pretty much about a cop and a vigilante who take aim at the child sex trafficking ring, um, and which, again, very dark topic, but an interesting movie. Um, and it is pretty cool to see some pedophiles get reamed and smoked in this movie. So, good. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that's probably about the best thing this movie does. Uh, Beyond the Door 3, I watched on Shudder. Um, I didn't know there was Beyond the Door 2. I thought this was one, another one of the weird sequel franchises that just skipped an entry. But no, Mario Bava's shock is Beyond the Door 2. And I had no idea. So, I, again, I don't know. And Beyond the Door 3 is completely different than either Shock or the first Beyond the Door, where Beyond the Door, the first one, is kind of an exorcist-type ripoff. Shock is a typical Italian film where you would not expect it to be tied into a franchise because it shouldn't be. It's called Shock, but apparently it's Beyond the Door 2. And this one is a cult film, so it has nothing to do with the other two either. So you got me on naming conventions, but it is a fairly fun film. Uh, nothing great, but definitely worth you know your time. I watched an atmospheric slow burner because... Who else watches as many atmospheric slow burners as I do? You got to uh, that one. 
Um, I, and uh, it's called Reunion, and it's pretty good. It's mostly a drama. Got a lot of family elements. It's basically about a lady taking care of, you know, an elderly man. And, um, you know, you've seen it before. Uh, definitely deals with the family drama as there's some family quarrels in the film. I just don't want to give much away with it. Um, but it's pretty good. I watched a movie called Profile, which I don't know if y'all are familiar with this one. It's a movie about, it's kind of like the searching thing, where a journalist tries to um, get um, info and dirt on a terrorist recruiter through Facebook. And it gets dark. Um, the movie gets very intense. Um, so basically it's her communicating through Facebook with a terrorist recruiter and um, kind of the process of that and how she's trying to keep her identity safe um, and things in that deal. And it's a great film. It's a more in-depth and interesting approach to it than I thought it could possibly be. And I highly recommend it. Jody, I think you liked Searching a lot. I did. And I know, Mike, you like Searching a lot. It's from the writer of that. And um, I think he actually directed that one, too. He may have. So it's in the same vein. I would really recommend this one. It's every bit as tense, in my opinion, as Searching. It's, it's a great film. Uh, well worth checking out. I watched The Swordsman based on uh, Steven Senegal's recommendation. Mm. And uh, we'll talk about it on a action cast. I watched a movie called Sun, um, which is an RLJE. I know, Jody, you love that brand. Um, yeah. And this one's one to look forward to to coming on Shudder. I think it's coming to Shudder soon. Uh, but I bought the DVD, and uh, it's a strong film. Uh, definitely has a lot of intrigue to it. And um, I just can't give anything away with this one. It, it is worth sticking with, though. And next up, I watched something that popped up on Shudder that caught my interest called The Amusement Park. And it's George Romero's lost film, which was actually, he was basically hired, I think, by a hospital or something like that to create a PSA about how poorly we treat the elderly. So his idea was to make a movie likening the mind of an elderly man to a, an amusement park. And he goes through the different things and everyone's getting treated better than him. And it goes through a set of different ways of the struggle of being an elderly person in modern day society. And this movie was absolutely impactful. Um, it changed the way I view things uh, for sure. Um, it definitely brought to light things that I never would have thought of or things I've seen and just thought were normal but really shouldn't be in a way. I think it's a really impactful film and really a must-watch movie from a very interesting director. And this was, this is one you should watch too, Steve. I think you're going to love this, actually. I think you'd, you may really appreciate it. Um, just on, I think you'll find it very interesting. There's nothing in it. Okay. It's fairly short. It's like 50 minutes long. Um, but it's a great, great movie. It's very tense. I will say it'll grate on you, but it's intentional. You're supposed to be disoriented and frustrated along with the the elderly man in this movie and it, it's a great film for it watched in the heights which we'll get into in a little bit uh evil speak uh, you know horns up to to the apple II computer in this one which is used to, to conjure up satan himself it's pretty rad and um it's definitely a period of its time but a good one at that it's a awesome movie uh, if, if you're wondering, uh, Stephen Senegal, you actually got me a copy of this movie. You got me the Blu-ray. You um, did. You really did. You bought it from uh, V-Stock. They had their oh, last the copy. Cent ones? No, it was, yeah, I told you to buy it. Uh, I was like, hey, you were in South Carolina. You're like, is there anything I can oh. get you? I'm like, this movie got out of print. Can you please pick up Evil Speak? Because it, and that's the last copy I've ever seen of. And now it's a very expensive Blu-ray. So I've got a copy Can of I Evil Speak. Can I have it back? No. And then I watched. I guess I shouldn't complain. <laughs> Mike Mike brought me some fairly expensive VHS copies. Of that's what we do. The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. You know. Good times, man. I, and that's what we do. You know, we help each other out. The animated version. The animated version is correct. And um, very difficult to find. Next up, Joe Bob covered the Day of the Beast. I'm very excited to see what the two of you, Jody and Mike, think of this movie uh, when you get around to it. Steve, I have no idea if you're going to be offended by this movie or love it. There's no nudity in it, but it is a movie that sounds like a punchline. So a priest, a death metal salesman. 
an occult person on the TV, they get together and they go to take down the Antichrist on Christmas Day because, by which makes sense, because demons use religious holidays and imagery to blaspheme the Lord as they normally would. So on Christmas Day, during that, then they go to stop, you know, and then the, the priest has to use different means than he normally would um, to would, take would, on the Antichrist. And it is like a to, uh, super dope movie. I love it. I would like to say that that is technically not correct. The Catholic Church has usurped virtually every pagan holiday and supplanted it with a religious sure. holiday. No, I, I uh, to uh, you know. So I always did find that rather funny. What's the only one that's not? I think is Easter. Yeah, which is still some pagan. calendar. There's it's some calendar pagan. reference to that, but they don't have any idea when Jesus was born. Really. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm not wanting to get too far out in the weeds and, and religion theory, but uh, it, I'd be very interested in what you thought of this movie. But you could be offended. You could love it. I have no idea. So you have been warned. I've got a copy of it if you want. Uh, speaking of everybody should be offended by this one, I watched The Unholy, um, starring none other than, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's it. Uh, oh, man. This one's rough. Y'all know me. I'm usually a defender of some of the movies that get blasted in a horror year. They happen. Critics hate like Slender Man. I actually like the movie The Bye Bye Man, stuff like that. This one I can't. This one's pretty rough, uh, <laughs> by all intents and purposes. And Jody, I think you've seen this one as well. But I have. The, the demon looks like the sun baby from Telebabies. Dude, I thought Teletubbies. the same thing. Yep. I thought the same thing, <laughs> except it's the face of Mother Mary, or <laughs> Virgin Mary, straight up. Oh, my gosh. But either way, this has some of the stupidest, most laughable moments. And... Um, I forgot which podcast it was I was listening to that said it, but um, I would give credit if I could remember, Jody, you may, um, is that you should never, as a horror film, open yourself up to be made fun of. And as soon as it does, that's where you lose it. And this movie opened itself up a lot to being made fun of and mocked and parodied. And, yep, this one's it. Uh, I can't say a whole lot. I laughed at it a lot. I'm guessing, Jody, your score was mostly on the enjoyability because it is funny bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny bad. It's the type of thing you could only hope to see. Yeah. Well, if you on my review, there's like two paragraphs of me bashing it and saying everything that's wrong with it, and then just basically like... I don't know. It's still kind of like 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 exactly like, like laughing at it. We laughing at it the whole movie. And a lot of people in the theater were laughing, too. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's a lot like that. Um, but good stuff for sure. And then to round it all out, I watched an interesting art film um, called The Carnivores, and uh, this one was getting a bit of hype. Um, and yeah, it's weird. Um, sometimes too weird for its own good, and that's coming from me. Um, it just doesn't make enough sense sometimes. It, it is definitely interesting in its metaphors, and it's a very metaphorical movie, uh, basically using um, a lost dog as a form of discussing the idea of a relationship of which a person desperately craves attention and affection to someone who's not giving it to her. Um, it makes for an interesting film, and the very ending really saved it, but I do think there's some elements of this that aren't so good. But, yeah, that's what I've been watching. So we're going to get off of here for a short intermission, and we'll be right back to talk about musicals. I didn't mean to. Come on, man. Just let it play. They wait for me to start the podcast to laugh about a joke that had that no one could hear. Yeah, that's I great podcast. I apologize for being disrupting. Steady Steve is just playing favorites amongst his children. Oh, yeah. And apparently Jody's his favorite now. Yeah. Well, you know why he's that is, He's the so adopted right? son of the family. You know why he's my favorite? Because he's a long ways away. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> I'm a terrible dad. What can I say? Hi, kid. Kids these days, man. I don't even know what to say about it. But either way, we're here to talk about some musicals that we like. I, I don't think there's a comprehensive list, but I did just want to bring up 
Some that I do like. I disagree. There is a comprehensive list. That comprehensive list is pitch perfect one through three. Poultrygeist, Cannibal the Musical, Repo the Genetic Opera. Done. Those are the only good ones. Hmm. No. That's going to be a no from me, dog. Uh, but either way, there's plenty of good musicals out there. I just wanted to bring attention to um, a few that, that we liked. And, um, yeah, so let's start with the dissenting opinions here. You've already voiced your favorite ones. Uh, what is it that uh, you do or don't like about musicals uh, since you've already given your list? I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back to that. Uh, uh, no, um, listen, it, I like music and I like movies. But for some reason to me, when you combine the two, both of them usually are kind of either mediocre or just plain bad. Because it's, I, I understand they can tell a story through the music, but it stops whatever scene, whatever story they're trying to tell, and then it picks up after the music. And that kind of gets distracting, you know? So I, I would just rather either watch a three-minute music video or an hour-and-a-half, two-hour movie. Keep the two separate. Now, like I said, there are some good ones. Uh, I am a fanboy of the Pitch Perfect films, although those are a weird type of musical because that is actually, you know, um, set performances within the movies. But it actually is still some cool acapella stuff, and I, I really do find that type of, of scat singing and acapella very interesting. Um, but they still do have musical numbers within the movie, so it counts. And Anna Kendricks is uh, a uh, very talented woman. See, as um, much as I like musicals, I don't like Pitch Perfect at all, actually. Um, but I, I get it. I, I get the appeal, but... Acapella singing actually isn't not is not for me. I do not like it. Um, I get the craft of it, but I, I just don't. I like instruments. I like production, music beats. I don't like music just vocalized. Yeah. Um, I don't even fair. know that I would consider Pitch Perfect as musicals. They have music numbers in the movies. They do. See, uh, my 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 point to refute to that, I guess, would be that I think the best musicals, including Hamilton and In the Heights. Use, don't interrupt the flow. For me, uh, now some might disagree, but they continue to tell the story with the song. So, and I think Les Mis does that pretty well too, where the scenes are constructed around a song that tell the story and then they just continue. So flows, yeah, there are some musicals that are like that, and especially the classical ones, because they didn't necessarily have it nailed down. Like Mary Poppins, for instance, would stop everything they're doing, let's sing a song, and then that would have very little to do with the story and then go back to it. I hear you on that one. And that's what I thought musicals were before I dug a little bit deeper into the more modern ones and really started to get to liking quite a few of them. That is, that's just kind of my counterpoint to that. But definitely fair criticisms. And I like a lot of the movies on your list that you discussed as well. I will also put Grease on there as well. I do enjoy Grease. I do too. Right? Uh, it, it's kind of cheesy, corny fun. But, but Grease is, is a good movie. I do enjoy that as well. But that's pretty much the extent of my list. And I'll just go back to uh, I'm only here so I don't get fined. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, he's had enough input. He'll avoid the fine. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to ruin your guys' enjoyment of the movies. No. Just because I, I don't care for them. Uh, I just don't have just because you're wrong does not uh, hamper my enjoyment of musicals. Okay, Mr. Cowgirl versus oh, Tardactyls. Hey, that's excellent cinema. <laughs> Jigsaw Jody, you're up next. What are, what are your opinions on them? And, and feel free to, to be as vocal about them as you wish. <laughs> sure. Well, my thing is that I, my general opinion is I don't like them overall. It's just, if I'm going to be generalization to make a general statement, I don't like them. There are ones I do like. Um, I like the movie Rent, which came out right at the time that I was graduating college, and I understood the whole like bohemian lifestyle and starving artists kind of thing, and like having to think about whether I wanted to try to build a career in filmmaking and possibly not during huge chunks of the year have enough money to support my family, or do I want to just take a job where I know I'm going to have a nine to five, forty hours a week, and a steady income? So I kind of I dug that about Rent. 
I love Sweeney Todd, uh, the Tim Burton movie especially. Um, La La Land I thought was really good. Uh, I really like Mamma Mia. I didn't care for the second one as much because I didn't hardly know any of the songs, but... Um, and then last year, a movie came out called Valley Girl, and it made my top 20. It's a remake of a Nicolas Cage movie from the 80s. It's not a musical, like the Nicolas Cage one isn't, but this one, they decided to make it a musical, and it's all 80s jams. So, um, I, what makes me not like musical is the scenarios where they're, well, besides the thing, like Mike was saying, like it just kind of stops everything and it adds like 30 to 45 minutes to the runtime of the movie. But it's the, suddenly everybody in this world and, and on this street or in this building knows this exact same song that nobody has ever heard before. Like with Mamma Mia, it's ABBA songs. So everybody knows ABBA songs. And everybody knows 80s pop songs. So I get understand why they would all know that song and sing that song, but the, the like, I don't know, all of the high school musical songs and all that stuff like like how like get your head in the game when you're playing basketball like like that's not a real song to me. Um, and then it, it's the I can't ever get invested in the film or in the characters because I can't get past the whole thing where like everybody's singing the same song and like you know like five streets away and they're on the same part of the song and they're in the same sing at the same speed same pitch same everything like i can't that's like science fiction to me i don't know it's, it's weird i just don't like it no i i get you I, I i do get that complaint i don't really have a counterpoint that's mostly um in taste of, of films I, I get it for sure but i, I mean i see Similar to science fiction, which is mostly false as well. I just when you, when I watch a musical, I just expect that. So to me, it's not a gap in logic as much as just it's part of the genre of films. So I get it. It's just I I guess I see it differently. I just don't sure. find it weird because for me, believability in films, unless the movie claims to be realistic, is not a factor for me. I could care less about the the realism. In fact, I watched cinema and, and similar thing with video games to escape reality. I would like something different than reality. So that's kind of my argument for for that. But that's only only for the sake of, you know, the discussion of the film. But no, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of understand that as well. I don't, you know, I agree that, you know, you can't take a film necessarily at, at face value to be truth, uh, you know. Yeah, unless your movie is, like, some movies claim to be, you know, like, you go into it and they're like, this is going to be a realistic science fiction film, like like when uh, uh, Nolan did Interstellar, you're like, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that movie really went out of its way to make itself sound smart when you look at it and you're like, you're not actually as smart as you think you are type deals, um, which I like Nolan and I like Interstellar well enough, but... Either way, that's just kind of my, my thought on it. But, yeah. but I hear you. I, I get both sides. I just figure to put put my two cents into that one. Sure. Well, all right. You're up next, Stephen Senegal. Well, I'm ready to go. My namesake will be sad uh, that I actually enjoy uh, musicals. But to be fair to the, to the genre, it wasn't until 2012 when I sit and bawled in a theater with Les Mis that I actually really enjoyed musicals. Um, Huh? No, continue. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, my lands. That that movie was uh, just kind of rocked me to my core. Uh, I think it's, I cried. it's just an amazing film. Yeah. Um, so since then, there have been quite a few good musicals come out, uh, and I've grown to really appreciate uh, the genre as a whole. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I've watched several recently. You got La La Land, which I think is really great. Uh, the Greatest Showman, which is just a ton of fun, uh, has a great, uh, honestly, it's a great musical score. It's probably better than all of them, but Les Mis, I think. The, the whole soundtrack it's, it's is pop. great. It's pop music that's designed to be on the radio. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a different appeal. Musicals, I think what turns a lot of people off is the type of music that is generally maybe, in them. Maybe. Because they're a lot of times more classical compositions or, yeah. or something about them. But, but now they're, they're starting to change that a little bit. 
but for a long time, like even Les Mis, that's part of what I think makes that such an, uh, a tough listen for a lot of younger people yeah. is that it's mostly classical music. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree with that concept. Uh, so then, then uh, of course, In the Heights, which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, um, and In the Apocalypse came out a few years ago. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I did too. Uh, the uh, first half of it, which was more pure musical than I think the second half, there's some really interesting stuff in there. Uh, the, an older film, 2004's Phantom of the Opera, oddly with uh, Gerard, Gerard Butler, Butler yeah, and, and one of the two leads. See, roles. Jody, sometimes people do think two uh, things at the same time. Yeah, so <laughs> I actually think that film is is really underrated, uh, and I would love to see a more modern take on that film. Um, There's been a lot. There have the been a bunch of Phantom of the Operas and Les Mis. There's been a bunch of those. Uh, There's only one Les Mis, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and no, no, I've got a couple of copies. Actually, I think the two of the copies that are Liam for Neeson sale. Liam is a pass Ooh, for boy, me. And there there was a decent miniseries that actually just came out um, not long ago. I did watch it. Yeah. So, but then you have older films. West Side Story is a great is a great musical. Uh, Grease that Mike mentioned. Um, I've always loved Grease. Uh, Grease is a fun movie. film. These are just the ones that I've seen. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I don't like, is a film, uh, is a musical as well. Um, I like that one too. I love that yeah. movie. Uh, I mean, it's grown a cult status now, but frankly, the film is just horrendous. And uh, but it's a great it's a great time to do in a theater. Uh, and, and there are others. I think I'm, I'm forgetting one somehow. I'll I mean, you're, fan, you're forgetting a lot of them if we're talking about yeah. classical musicals. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, well, a, I'm a, honestly of the same vein where I think they've they've kind of gotten it figured out better over time, in my opinion. I hate to do that because there's a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, there's all these great you know past musicals where I, I agree. I don't like the Mary Poppins st style of let's stop everything, halt. I love the new style of musicals where your story, because I think it opens a whole door, and I guess that'll transition into mine, because I think that was the end of your list. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll come up with the other one that I've... Well, oh, Hamilton. I didn't yeah. say speak on Hamilton. Hamilton was one is, I was going to bring up. It's not technically a film. A, uh, right. It's filmed of a of a stage play. Correct. I, but, I would say the one thing that I'm going to add to mine is, is when Les Mis came out, I think they got a formula that worked. They, they didn't necessarily get the best singers they worried about getting people that could act the part that could sing yeah and i think some of them were the opposite they had the great singers and people that couldn't act the part as well which doesn't i don't think translate to the big screen quite like lane miz did yeah and you know a lot of people made fun of russell crowe and his depiction in Les Mis. I personally think he was great. I, I actually liked him too. Uh, and so you, you get a little more realistic realism to the film because they're not all the best singers in the world. Uh, you know, Hamilton, I think, or uh, not Hamilton, I think... Uh, Hamilton's filled with very talented people. Very talented singers, yeah. But I mean, I was thinking of... Uh, uh, the film we just watched in the heights in the heights not all of them are the great singers but they've yeah. all got really good acting props at least the main stars mm -hmm. so you really wanted to join with with them and and be a part of that yeah that, that's why i think in the heights works so well as a musical to kind of go into that i, I love the movie by the way and i'm highly likely to end up rating that one a 10 by the time i watch it again um because I think it's such an interesting film. Not only do I think that it's a great musical, but I think it's a very important film. And, um, you know, one that I think some may not appreciate to its fullest extent because of their life's experiences. But at the same time, I do think it's a very landmark and, and, and interesting film that really makes you take a look at life in a lot of different ways. And it has so much to say, you know, about appreciating the little things. You know, in life, I, that was one of my favorite things about that movie. Um, things like that, yeah. where each scene mattered, and each and they told individual stories. Mm -hmm. Like the uh, old lady was maybe my favorite musical number. I think that may be what you're referring to. She's not the greatest vocalist no. in the world, but the story is so powerful, and the right. visual is so powerful in that scene, where you're like, oh wow, you know. And, yeah. and I think for people in our shoes that didn't grow up, let's be honest, we're in no part a part of that community 
but you know so there's maybe things we didn't even think of you right. know or, or expect and I think that this movie is an important you know stone for that because I think it does bring awareness to certain topics you know because we may think of things the wrong way or even just a different way uh, than other people think and it does kind of give this more holistic mindset um, but uh, like Hamilton as well though it and I think some of the better musicals really tell the story and give a very refreshing stylistic approach to filmmaking where you're telling a story because I love the visuals and I love the audio of movies and I've always been a big person about the separation of film and uh, novels I like to read I do read quite a bit uh, especially horror novels but the reason I, I think that they're two separate mediums and should be treated as such and film is different than movies or than book in the way that uh, visual and audio storytelling are able to be implemented all at once to create a story that is completely different than what a book can offer and that's why the two mediums can be different and still thrive so agree i absolutely think it's an interesting way to tell a story i think a lot of musicals including la la land which nearly won the year the oscar uh, for best picture and was one of the strongest films of that year didn't it get announced that it won yeah yeah it did. That, that was the one that was the mistake and then they go no 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 it was actually moonlight because <laughs> uh, yeah i, I would i've been extremely happy to see la la land win that year i was i was a bigger moonlight fan as much as i love la la land i think it's a phenomenal film i think i gave them similar scores but I was more on the Moonlight train, but everyone expected La La Land to win. So that's probably what happened. That announcer was like, ah, we know La La Land's going to win it. Oh, shoot. They surprised us. <laughs> I screwed up. <laughs> but either way, no, that's kind of my, my thing. And you brought up a couple that I wanted to talk about, Mike. Um, Repo the Genetic Opera, which you haven't seen. I think, Jody, that was on your list of ones you hated. Am I correct? I, yeah, very much so. I, I love that movie, actually. <laughs> I think it's an awesome film. Um, I it's love got it. a really cool premise about, like, the, soci the, the society that is yes. portrayed in that film. I like the music in it as well. I think it's pretty strong. I think it's a unique film and one that you should probably check out. Um, it's a horror. There's not really any nudity other than some dead body nudity too, um, and then it's a it's a straight up horror film with a uh, musical spin on it about well repo. It, it's actually a, um, it was kind of ripped off by that I think Humanity Bureau or something later on, but it was also kind of ripped off of the Repo Man uh, movie, basically where body parts are harvested and hmm. they're repossessed. Um, okay. That's what the movie's about. Uh, good film. Uh, Queen of the Damned is another one that came out around the same time um, that I think is pretty interesting. Um, but definitely plenty of cool movies. And sometimes the lines between musical and music movies are blurred, too. Like the movie Soul, for instance. A debate could be made about how that's a musical, but it's kind of not. But why is it not? We don't have time to go into that because that's a lot of personal taste but an interesting discussion to be had anyway but um for me know. the easy answer to that is if the characters know they're singing it's not a musical if the characters okay. don't know that they're singing it is a musical that's how i separate those into those two bubbles that's probably pretty accurate okay, that's a little little deeper than i never thought of it but yeah i see the point that is a good point it's pretty accurate but then the debate could be made that movies like la la land then would not be a musical and then that's where that's where the that's where the debate gets gray again. Well, but even there, the, I don't know that that would carry over too well with La La Land because there's so many such a large part of that film that's actually done in music. Yeah, no, I, but I mean like, uh, but they're you know he's a musician, yeah, a jazz musician. His part, a lot of true. It, yeah. Her part, not so much. You're right sure. on his part. So I, I'm just saying it, it's just a weird kind of interesting thing. And you're right, Jody. I, I think they're, but I, I do have to say that I don't. It's kind of subjective in a way because we were talking about some movies that we pitch perfect. We may pitch not perfect, yeah. know Aladdin, if it's a musical or not. I, mean, I got a problem. The Disney movies, Disney almost movies all as a whole, unless know. they're live action. Uh, I don't know about animated films being able to be considered for musicals. It seems to be cheating. But I noticed no one brought up the Lion King. 
Uh, I was staying away adaptation. from the animated stuff. Yeah. No, I mean the live action oh, adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I do have cats on my list, but I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Why not? Does anyone it else? Does anyone sucks. else like that movie on a so bad it's good level? Cats? No, that thing is terrible. That's scary. I would rather watch. Jody, did you watch that one? We did. We went to theaters. Did you like it? Um, I looked at. My daughter's boyfriend, who had previously that day said that Midsummer was the worst movie I ever saw. And then I looked at him immediately after Cats and I said, now tell me Midsummer is the worst movie that you ever saw. He said, yeah, it still is, because at least we could mock this. I was like, touche. Well, everyone yeah, has a right to be wrong movies. every once in a while. <laughs> uh, as, as I would say, uh, no, I get the Midsummer hate, too, actually. That's a very strange and challenging film. Yeah. <laughs> I had Sweeney Todd and uh, Sweeney Todd's uh, fun, which is a good film, but I would have never considered it a musical. It is, so uh, it really is. Music that one is uh, Barbersville. Yeah. It's a Sondheim musical, yeah. specifically. Yeah. So, and then of course Cats, which I didn't bring up, but either way. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. You're alone with your love of Cats. I don't love it. I just I, think I it's a hilarious movie. Like if that one played, I would probably sit down and watch it with people because it is I think shocking. it's hilarious. It is nightmare fuel. fuel. It is, and it's funny to watch people's reactions. It's just a funny movie to show people to just see what they're going to say about yeah. it. How much budget did that have? A lot. Yeah. No, I All mean, that's the a rhetorical question. It's like what? What did they do with their money? It's kind of like watching a Tyler Perry film, which must have been a. That's a uh, complete opposite. Well. No, actually, no. they spend a lot of money, yeah. and you don't know where it goes. Yeah, either. you don't know where that budget went either. Yeah, the I twenty mean, million dollars for a Medea film. What? Yeah. That costs two like, dimes and a corn chip. Where did all like that money go? I like Medea films, but there's no real production budget there. Uh, yeah. But either way, <laughs> uh, Cats was a total waste of money. It's all the fat suit and makeup. Maybe. <laughs> I swear, Tyler Perry just walks around in that sometimes. His money just falls out of the sky on him. <laughs> Probably. Must be great to be him. Ashtray! <laughs> Fall from grace. Yeah. Oh, sorry, we're going, we're going out in the weeds. Okay. But, no, I think we had an actually pretty interesting discussion about musicals. None of us beat each other up. I'm a pretty big fan of them. I was only here so I wouldn't get fined. Uh, oh, boy. Sorry. We'll continue to like them, Dad. No, we're gonna. No one's gonna stop me now. What do you think of that? I'll do my version of a musical here. I'm. I'm just gonna see myself out. <laughs> Is there anything else anyone <laughs> wants to add before we close this off? Uh no, I'm good. I mean, go out and see. Uh, go out and see In the Heights. It's. A, it is a beautiful film. It's a. You got a lot of great music. I think it's dancing sets it apart a little bit yeah. And the others. I love the dance scenes. Uh, it's doing pretty well everywhere else, but Farmington, Missouri. Because uh, I'm shocked by that. Yeah, you wouldn't be. Sh you should not be shocked that a musical wouldn't do particularly well in in Iron or Farmington, Missouri. <laughs> but either way. We were we and another family were the only people I think at the screening on opening day. Well, it was a four o'clock show, but there probably was more people at night. But, but I doubt if it was. It's not going to be a sellout. Either way, good times for sure, and um, I'm sure Jody's happy to hear that theater. news. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it is a movie. If you're wanting to see it, see it in the theater if you can, um, because I, I do think that that movie on a visual and auditory level is not something yeah. you're going to get at home. Lots of lots of colors and costumes and neon and the and if sets. you've got a high energy in the movie theater, then yeah. then you're really going to have fun. Like I would have, I think seeing this with a, like a packed house would have been a lot a big energy type movie for sure. Yeah. I think so. So, either way, until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, but either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.